The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Here it is. You ready? We're back. The biggest, most respected outdoor radio show. What's going on here? Ooh. It's a real cry for help. Hey, you ready for it? Transforming America. They desperately need to learn manners. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Anger management. What do we do? What? Drinking in moderation. Ah. Uh, yes. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the revolution with Jim and Trav begins. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Summer nights, everybody's feeling sexy. You know why everyone's feeling sexy? Because it is the unofficial start of summer. Yeah, I don't know about you boys and girls, but I always feel sexy when I hear Gary Levox sing. It must be his bleached hair. Uh, anyways, we are talking Memorial Day blowout because it is Memorial Day weekend, boys and girls. Going to be joined by Lee and Tiffany Lakoski. Love those guys. Uh, Crush with Lee and Tiffany. That's Outdoor Channel Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Plus Scott Layseth. He's going to stop by with some grilling tips, and he's the host of uh, The Sporting Chef. That's Sportsman Channel Sundays, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Plus he is the host of Dead Meat. You can catch on my outdoor TV and the executive producer of uh, The Fishmonger. That's Outdoor Channel Monday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And finally, we're going to wrap things up with Mrs. Bonnie's Hunka Munka Chunka, Mr. Cat Daddy. Uh, and he is going to give a Memorial Day fishing report. All right, so let's get to Leah and Tiffany. It's a Memorial Day blowout this week. Now kicking off a two-part interview with Lee and Tiffany Lakoski, hosts of Crush with Lee and Tiffany on Outdoor Channel, Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here's part one. Happy birthday to the Crush! Lee and Tiffany! Happy birthday, guys! <laughs> thank you! Yeah, thank you. <laughs> now, that's amazing. I didn't realize you guys had your birthday so close together. Yeah, we finally turned 21. <laughs> Lee can finally have a drink. I know, all of ours. It's actually been, um, so you had Cameron, then Reagan's, then both of ours, and then you got Maddie Mae, and yeah, we've got a lot coming up. Yeah, and people make sure they have to watch Crush with Lee and Tiffany Outdoor Channel. That is Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. All new season is going to kick off in July, and I'm pretty sure you guys have, what, how many seasons are on My Outdoor TV? Boy, I well, you're asking very hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, all of them. Uh, I think this I is probably getting close too. Yeah, so you well, let me looking, check my outdoor TV, my n- app. N- probably looking at about 18 seasons at least. Holy cow! Now, biggest question: When it was getting close, was that talking to getting close to game or getting close to each other? Since you were kind of newlyweds, then yes, is the answer. Really? Oh my god! I, I'm sorry, <laughs> I just. I I always wondered that. I didn't know. All right. So now speaking of holy, amazing things, I'm going to tell you what you guys put in the concealed comfort steel hunting pit. You know what is so neat? This thing is so big that you can even follow like COVID guidelines. There is that much space. You could be six feet apart in this. You totally could, actually. Yeah, for sure. You can be six feet apart with four people on there. (laughs) That is crazy. Now, I was looking at a picture, I think, on you guys' Facebook or Instagram or something, uh, and it came on like in this massive fifth wheel trailer and uh you 
had like um I think like an excavator uh unloaded, like a yeah. track hoe. How big is this thing completely, this pit blind? I think it was like twenty five feet long. Wow. And then gosh, it's gotta be eight feet wide or maybe even bigger. Because, I think it's bigger than that. Because yeah, I mean that's that's kinda of what we wanted. And then they said, Well, we're gonna customize that a little bit for you guys. So they made it a little bigger in the back and they might have made it longer too. And I'm pretty sure it was because yeah, it might have almost been double that because I, I can't remember how it's like a 40 foot trailer and it almost, I mean, it barely even fit on that. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't know exactly how long it's been. We, we ordered it like a 25. We said, well, we'll make it, uh, make it a little bit different for you guys. It's like you had so to I, dig an Olympic sized swimming pool to put it in. I mean, that took some serious muscle there. I know, and I had to do it all by hand. I saw that with the shovel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! How yeah, without without a track hoe and stuff, you would not. I mean, you really yeah, wouldn't do it. Even, yeah. with, even with the skid steer, you'd never do it. Take you two days to do it. Yeah. Now, how tall is it? Can you stand up in this pit blind? Oh yeah. Well, if you stand up, it's it's probably about what five so feet. Because when you stand up, your head can just pop out that hole. Yeah. Well, I don't so, stand perfectly tall. Yeah, Tiffany could probably stand up in there, but it's probably like five. Five and a half feet or five feet or something like that, I guess. Tiffany could yeah, jump rope in there. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think the I think the whole blind itself is like thick, but there's like a false bottom in there in case you get water in there or whatever. So there's a you know wooden floor, so you're not never standing in water, and then you can pump it out of there if you get you know, if you leave the the covers off and it rains in there and gets water in there. So it is tall, but there's a false floor in there, so. I mean, you want to set it so when you stand up to shoot, you know, obviously you can get your gun and your head out. Yeah. Now, it's amazing because you guys are known for your tremendous efforts when it comes to conservation with whitetail and harvesting amazing bucks. Um, but as well, you guys are prolific waterfowl hunters. You're ice fishermen and women. You, I mean, you guys kind of run the gambit of everything you do in the outdoors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we kind of love everything. I always tell people I used to waterfall hunt and upland game hunt and stuff way more than I deer hunted, you know, all through, you know, as a kid and high school. And I mean, basically, we lived like in Minneapolis, so it wasn't, didn't have as easy access to, to whitetails as we did you know, the lakes and stuff around to, to waterfall. So I, you know, I grew up waterfall hunting up more than deer hunting. So, you know, when we moved to Iowa, obviously that changed, but still didn't change your love for waterfall hunting and ice fishing and all the things that we used to do. Yeah. I didn't actually realize like how much like we used to like shotgun hunt. Like, I mean, we're just for birds, traps, leagues, all that kind of stuff until we would go do some of these competitions and he would like sweep them. And I'm like, holy cow, how are you so good at this? He's like, I've been shooting since I was like 10, probably before that. Yeah, actually. well before Yeah, then. before that, you know, trap and league and stuff. But it is kind of crazy. And then for, for me, uh, as soon as we got dogs, I was like, I want to be out there. And then, of course, we got waylaid a little bit when we started having kids. But we were just talking to one of our buddies that is a huge waterfall hunter. He's like, okay. My daughters are like 13 and 16. They'll watch your kids come down. And we're like, in. So yeah. that's like perfect. Yeah. Spencer's a buddy of ours. We used to say we hunted like flooded timber stuff in Arkansas and stuff all over the place. And, and, uh, you know, so we haven't for a few years. So that was Spencer that called and said, Hey, my daughters are old enough. We got to start this. We got to start waterfall hunting again. So Although the, fun, 
the funny thing is, is like back in the day, we used to hunt just the public stuff and yeah. we'd be in these boat races and up at three o'clock in the morning, he's like, yeah, my dad's got a nice duck camp now. He's like, <laughs> we actually eat breakfast. We don't stay out all day long. I mean, all this stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, either we're getting smarter or we're getting older or both. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure, but. Well, what is um, so cool yeah. now is uh, a photo, a recent hunt, just uh, probably a week or so ago, maybe a little longer than that. Your boy Cameron got his first turkey. There, I'm looking at a picture of you guys together. It's like the sweetest <laughs> thing ever. How old is Cameron? Uh, six. Yeah, he just yeah, turned he just six. Turned in, six. Uh, yeah, in March. So. Oh, wow. He was so excited. I mean, you know, obviously they've been out with us since both of them were born, but yeah. this is the first year that where he actually was able to pull the trigger. But, I mean, you know, he practiced all last fall when he got his first gun. And he shoot the bow, but obviously he can't pull back enough weight and stuff yet. But um, he was pretty stoked. Well, actually, the first morning was a little bit of an epic disaster because we had family come down, so he was up super-duper late. And then that morning, he's usually just, like, up and at him. It doesn't matter. Happy, ready to go. He was, like, laying on the couch, still, like, sleeping. And so we had this big gobbler come in. Of course, it's youth season. And they always work good during youth season. And he comes in it. We couldn't wake him up enough to, like, focus. You know, he was just, like, stretching. You see, there's this gobbler, like, going crazy out there. Yeah. Stretching in the camera and stuff. We're like, Cameron, you got to focus. And then he just, we couldn't pull it together. And the thing walked off. And then all of a sudden he's like, wait. I want to shoot him. And we're like, too late. <laughs> um, and he just said, right. We're like, well, that's good, actually. I mean, you know what? That actually works good. And then we had another incident where um, one of the camera guys moved and spooked one off. And then he actually hunted fairly hard, to be honest. I mean, yeah, probably, you know, eight or 10 mornings, but he never complains. He gets up early and he's ready to go. Happy except for that, to go, except except for that, that morning. first morning. So he was up like till one o'clock in the morning because I said my aunt and cousins came down and he was so excited to see them all. And, oh, yeah. And get here till like 10 30 p.m. So he wanted to stay up, you know, to see him. And then you then you couldn't get him back to bed, so then getting him up at four in the morning, he'd probably only slept a couple hours, so he was a little sleepy on that first outing, but he pulled it together after that. It was so funny though, because we were on our way out to the turkey blind, and we were in the ranger, and uh, we I had packed like liquors, because you know the thing is, it's like I've been on like a solid health kick since you know probably six months now, but. When you're when you're hunting, it's a whole different ball game. That's where you get the little debbies. That's where you get the licorices. That's yeah. where you get the treats when you're out there. And, and so it was so funny because I pulled out a bag of licorice, and he's like, "Do we get to eat this now?" And I'm like, "Yeah, don't tell your mom." I'm like, "Wait, your mom is here." And it was kind of fun though. He was just like grinning from ear to ear. Now, what did he shoot? Was that a like a four ten? It was a twenty gauge, actually. Yeah, so. you can't use four tens here. Yeah, no way. Was all, for turkeys, yeah. It was all set, and I was looking at the rigs and stuff, and it's like you know, it's got to be a twenty gauge or bigger. So we're wow. like, oh man, so scramble and get him a twenty gauge single shot, but it well worked out. You know, the coolest thing about that hunt though is like we went out. It was on our farm that we live on now, and we drove you know our electric bikes out there, <laughs> and it was just Lee and I and Cameron, and oh, wow. it was just a pretty cool experience because it's like we didn't have any cameramen we didn't have any well I mean I was the cameraman and I tell you my footage was exemplary I yeah. mean, it was amazing <laughs> and I was like oh my god I have been for like years I hope it did focus oh. uh, but it was just 
It was really cool. All right, so we're hanging out, talking with uh, Lee and Tiffany Lukoski. They are the hosts of Crush with Lee and Tiffany on Outdoor Channel. That is Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. All new season kicking off in July. Uh, and you can also hop on My Outdoor TV and peruse dozens of seasons. There's so many awesome uh, episodes. But this has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Can you guys stick around for another part? Absolutely. Yeah, All right, we got to get to a break. But here's uh, a word from Mrs. Bunny, and we'll return in just a minute. And now, Mrs. Bunny has some important strategies to combat ticks. Tick strategy. The number of Lyme disease cases in the U.S. is estimated to be 300,000 to 1 million per year. Lyme disease and other tick-borne illnesses can be a lifelong battle, but with awareness, they are preventable. Ticks are most often found in grassy, bushy, or wooded areas as well as on animals, so when outdoors, treat your clothing and gear with insect repellent. At the end of the day, thoroughly check your clothes and body for ticks, and if found, remove them immediately. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the revolution with Jim and Trav will continue right after these important messages. While you're waiting, hit JimandTrav.com and poke around in our cyber universe. JimandTrav.com. Log on now. Four social media superstars all in it to win it. I want the biggest buck. I need to win this. America's favorite all-woman outdoor competition is back. Pretty nervous, so... In an all-new season... Y'all are here to prove that you're not trying to do this to get a bunch of likes, that you genuinely love hunting and fishing. So let the outdoor games begin. Ready. (laughs) I'm coming to get that breakfast sausage. For Lover Likes, all-new season Tuesdays at 11 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. The revolution with Jim and Travis back and our Memorial Day blowout. Now, once again, here's Lee and Tiffany Lukoski, hosts of Crush with Lee and Tiffany on Outdoor Channel, Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern, presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. This is part two. And we are back with Lee and Tiffany. They are the hosts of Crush with Lee and Tiffany. That's Outdoor Channel Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. New season is kicking off in July. Now, you guys have to tell me. I'm sitting here looking uh, at this photo of Cameron, and it looks like he is on a lush golf course. Is that your Analogics Crush Cloverfield he's on? Yeah, that's one of them. And that, that holy clover that we planted last year has just been unreal. I mean... And the number of deer that are in it and, you know, how it grew. And so that's been, you know, one of our best fields last year and this year. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. When when you plant clover, because a lot of plots, people will fence off with electric fences. But I, I've read in stuff from you that it can withstand heavy grazing and it will keep growing. And then even sometimes mowing it is beneficial for it as well. Oh, yeah. You got to mow it. I mean, like like right now, we've had just so much rain and then you just got the heat now, like in the 80s and, and getting close to 90. I mean, it can soon as it starts flowering, you know, then we'll trim her down again. You know, cause we've got lots of fields around. So, yeah, we make sure that we've got enough different varieties of food around that, you know, it, they'll never eat it right to the ground until it goes dormant, you know, until fall or winter. But like right now, it grows so fast. I mean, within every couple of weeks, it's about like your grass. You've got to be trimming it down. I mean, some of us have really high deer numbers. It'll go longer before we have to mow it. But normally, every two or three weeks, we're trimming them down because then it just, you know, starts regrowing again. That's when they like it the best. You know, if, it, if you let it get the flowering stage and it gets stemmy and not as palatable to them, it loses its protein level. So you want to make sure you keep that clip down, you know, if it gets 
to the stage where it's flowering out. Yeah, because I'm looking at a photo of the Analogics Crush Holy Clover, and seriously, it looks like you guys should have a PGA tournament on it. It is so beautiful and lush, it man. It really is beautiful. I mean, that is legit, you know, because we when we were turkey hunting, someone was like, that's not real. I'm like, 1,000%. <laughs> I was like, I can do a live right now. And because we had picked up a shed, too, like in the middle, they're like, that's not real. I'm like, well, <laughs> there may be some things we fake, but finding antlers and clover fields are not one of them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I might take a little a couple of years off my age or something like that. But, uh, like I said, clover Yeah, fields, when it comes to hunting your farm stuff, yeah, there's no like, need. Yeah, to. I was like, uh, no, that's like real. It's really neat to see the evolution of you guys and how, like, you know, we can hop on my outdoor TV and seriously go from the beginning up until now uh, in the habitat projects you guys have done. Let's just talk about food plots for a second. The growth that you guys have accomplished from where you started, kind of when you first started doing food plots and stuff, how many did you put in and what was the general size? And then what are you guys up to now? (laughs) Yeah, we started out, we had six little food plots behind our house and they had Yeah, one farm, and they were, you know, the biggest one was like three acres, and that seemed like it took us forever to do because you're doing a lawnmower and, you know, little tiny, you know, four-wheeler stuff, and you didn't have any tractors or equipment or anything. So it started out with those six food plots that basically took us all year to do. Wow. Six of them, and now, now I have 103 of them. <laughs> and our, 103? And our, our, yeah, our biggest food plots are like in the, you know, 20, 17 and 20 acres. There's, yeah, quite a few of them are in that that 20 acre range what's amazing because when you put in a food plot you got to think of all the work that goes into it but also the design of the food plot setting it up where it's beneficial if it's going to be a kill plot or strictly like a sanctuary type of deal i mean there's a lot of forethought that has to go into this to see this you know finished product when we watch crush on outdoor channel you know i mean the years the the painstaking work there's a lot that goes into it oh yeah especially you know on new ones you know you learn right away you know that when you're dozing in new ones you know normally what i do is i'll pick a tree first that's a good tree stand tree and a lot of times i'll find those like in shed hunting or something like that that you know, something that holds its leaves like an oak tree that's holding its leaves into the winter and they'll normally do that every year so okay that would be a good you know, it's got a good straight section in it and get up there and it holds its leaves. Let's, you know, design it around a tree stand tree to begin with, which seems kind of odd. But, you know, we've done that enough times. You put in food plots. You have, oh, man, we don't really have a tree big enough for a, a, to get a stand in here. And then, you know, even just, you know, look at soil types, mm-hmm. um, you know, even in, in the timber. And then, you know, doing them east and west, you know, if they're longer and skinnier that, you know, it's going to get the most amount of sun in there. So there's a lot of thought that goes into it and even the shapes and making sure we got pinpoints that they walk through it, that you got a place for with a bow you can shoot across. So yeah, there's, you know, you really put a lot of thought into every food plot that we put in. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this one photo and I can't tell if it's the right blind or not, but it looks like a redneck blind way in the back. Uh, yeah, if, if, uh, if it's a blind on a stand, it's a redneck. Yeah, <laughs> you could just see it in the back. I was like, that's kind of cool. Do you guys like box blinds, especially for uh, hunting with the kiddos? I totally do. You know what? Lee is more partial to tree stands, but yeah. I'm like, um, it contains my scent. I can move around. <laughs> I can be comfortable. You can I dish out the them. snacks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, with like, kids, they're, they're basically a, yeah, they're for kids, they're basically a must. And if the, the wind is kind of marginal, you can hold your scent and they'll so 
so well. I mean, I've shot a lot, a lot of my big ones out of them because of that reason. You know, you get the win. You got to, when you have a big one, you want to stay on them, especially those days that you get in the high pressure and now everything's right for them to be moving, but the wind's not quite right. It's like some, then that will always roll in a redneck. So you, you got to be able to hold your scent in and you can do, yeah, I mean, it's incredible how much you can get away with in a redneck compared to just in the tree stand. Yeah. Now, with everything you guys do from, you know, I don't think people, when they watch your show, how much goes into the development, the creation, the output of Crush. Um, but then compared to everything you guys do on your farm, I mean, this is an immense amount of work. It would be so easy for y'all to get burned out. Does it ever become daunting to you guys with every, I mean, that many food plots, that much ground? Obviously, you're spending way more time doing projects and conservation efforts than you are hunting, you know? Um, Does that ever get stressful and you think, oh, my God, I mean, this is just an immense amount of work? Um not really. I mean, yes. I guess, <laughs> yeah, well, I, all right. Sometimes you think about it, especially like right now, it's been raining and it's been like two weeks since we can get in. Yeah. And of course you want to get, you know, your corn and beans in before, about done before June 1st. And, you know, you see how much you have left. And luckily for us this year, we got 95% of our corn and beans in already. So there's just a couple of our bottom fields, but that, that we need to get in, but I'd really like to get them in here soon just to make sure we don't get them in too late but um yeah i mean sometimes you look if you look at the whole picture of all the work you have to do sometimes you can be get a hopeless feeling like how am i ever going to do it (laughs) but when you just get up at 5 a.m every day and get up and get to work and start taking one day at a time you start knocking it out and yeah we always i mean we've been doing it now for 20 years we always get it done it always looks great we always get you know everything done so if you if you don't if you're taking small parts to get up every day and pick a farm or pick a task and get after it. If you, but if you sit and linger around and think about it too long, you'll 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 get a hopeless feeling for sure. <laughs> I, I think Lee Mist is calling as a motivational speaker. <laughs> You're like the next Tim Robbins or whatever that Tony Robbins. All right, Lee and Tim. Well, you know what's so funny though? I, just the other day, I was just like, oh, I was just like overwhelmed by a bunch of things, you know, and. We're never like that at the same time, which <laughs> praise the Lord. Yeah. Because it's like if we were both like that, we probably would like sell everything and start going fishing and live up the cabin <laughs> or something. But we're never like that together. We're all, it'll be one of us, you know, we'll be like, okay, well, I understand where you're coming from, you know, and we'll just get it figured out. And then the other person's having a fit. And it's always kind of work like that. So I guess we're just lucky with they yeah. feed each off of each other on things. <laughs> That's right. All right. Lee and Tiffany Likoski, my favorite people in the outdoors. Make sure you watch Crush with Lee and Tiffany Outdoor Channel. That is Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. All new season kicking off in July, and you can go back and literally watch every single episode with the My Outdoor TV app. But this has been presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream Crush with Lee and Tiffany on any device you want. Download anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. Real quick, guys, before we get to a break, where can we find you all? Online. We're on Facebook and it's Lee and Tiffany. We're on Instagram at the Crush TV. We're on Twitter at the Crush TV, and evidently we're on TikTok. But they're not going to lie, we've been on there. It is <laughs> um, and that's Crush Lee. Yeah, <laughs> Lee's we have no time for dance. Lee's dancing. Yeah, I'm not a good dancer. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, coming up next, we got Scott Layseth. I'm sure he's a dancer, too. Uh, the sporting chef that's Sportsman Channel Sundays, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, the executive producer, The Fishmonger. That's Outdoor Channel Mondays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Mr. Lee, Mrs. Tiffany, God bless y'all. We love you so much. You too. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Have a good day. An example of a good idea? Logging on to the amazing JimandTrav.com website. A bad idea is enjoying all-you-can-eat burritos at the Taco Emporium and washing it down with chocolate milk. Milk was a bad choice. Keep your priorities in check and make smart decisions. JimandTrav.com Stay tuned. The revolution with Jim and Trav will continue right after these messages. Big ideas come alive when you're backyard ready. Discover the very best in outdoor living all in one place. We're ready when you're ready at GameAndFishMag.com forward slash backyard. High Mountain Seasonings, the world's best kits for turning your game into jerky and sausage. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. A Memorial Day blowout is on today's Revolution with Jim and Trav. Now kicking off a two-parter with Scott Lasaf, host of The Sporting Chef on Sportsman Channel, Sundays 1 p.m. Eastern, and executive producer of The Fishmonger on Outdoor Channel, Mondays 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here's part one. And we're back. Before the break, we're talking with Lee and Tiffany Likoski. They are the hosts of Crush with Lee and Tiffany. That is Outdoor Channel Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. But the man with the plan, the guy with the best recipes ever, Mr. Scott Layseth. He's just now joining us. He is the sporting chef. Make sure you watch the Sportsman Channel. That is Sundays, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And he is also the executive producer of the Fishmonger Outdoor Channel, one of my favorite new shows, Monday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Mr. Scott, happy Memorial Day weekend, buddy. Right back at you, man. We've been doing this for a while, haven't we? We have been. And I'm going to tell you what. This is the 20th anniversary of the Sporting Chef. Is that right? Yeah, this is this is a big year. And we'll have later on in the year, I'll, I'm sure we'll talk, but I've got a big announcement about what's going to happen with Sporting Chef in 2022. Um, whole new look, new people, new stuff. And you might not even see me around all that much next year. We'll see. What? What's going to happen to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll still be there, but I may not be on camera as much. I believe we're going to have a new host of the sporting chef. You heard it here first. No way. You're going to be busy like <laughs> hunting and cooking iguana or something. <laughs> well, I'll still have the dead meat and the fishmonger shows. And if I'm not on camera on sporting chef, I'll be on the smart end of the camera now i gotta say something after watching you for so many years okay back in the day when you were first cooking you'd always taste your cuisine and then as we you know progressed (laughs) in time you quit doing that why did you do that you know i just found i find it kind of annoying to watch people eat on tv (laughs) you don't like to watch yourself have you ever seen have you ever seen a tv chef eat whatever it is they're cooking and not just have their knees buckle and tell you just how great it is. And, oh, my God, it's the greatest thing. Well, I mean, you don't know that. Yeah. The chances are if you've cooked it and you take your first bite, you're going to go, you know, this needs a little salt. I might have needed a little bit more of this in there. But nobody ever does that. They just go, oh, my God, it's the best thing ever. So I tell people, you know, here's what it looks like. Give it a try yourself. Adjust it to suit your taste. 
Um, yeah, I've looked at some of the old stuff where I'm eating on TV and I find it terribly annoying. It's like so awkward watching yourself chew, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's kind of weird. All right. So the sporting chef, that is a sportsman channel Sundays, 1 PM Eastern time. You know, this is Memorial day weekend. Everyone's going to be grilling Mr. Scott. And I hate when we have a delicious piece of wild game, we're going to grill. Everyone makes a stupid popper. I mean, let's cover it with cream cheese and bacon and we pretend like this is some gourmet meal. Uh, and to tell you the truth, I really think we're doing that wild game a great injustice. Well, and, and the reason people do that, I'm, I'm convinced, is that they've had game that has been prepared improperly. And so the poppers are great. They're the first thing that everybody eats. They go nuts over them. They're yeah. really popular. But they just don't taste anything like what's in there. Yeah. Um, when you marinate a little strip of venison or a duck or whatever for 24, 48 hours in teriyaki and you wrap it in jalapeno cream cheese and bacon, it's, it could be anything in there. And so as good as they are, for those that are making poppers every time, perhaps it's time to branch out and just throw a brined, medium-rare duck breast cooked out on a good smoky grill and see what that duck's supposed to taste like at the proper temperature that it's been cooked at. Well, it's kind of, it, it's really neat if people hop on your website, uh, cause you have so many fabulous recipes and ideas for people to do. And one thing I thought was really neat to showcase, everyone loves tacos. Uh, you make wild game street tacos. And I didn't even know, uh, the reason why they call them street tacos is they're kind of meant to be eaten on the go while you're standing up. But I think this is a fun way to incorporate wild game into a dish uh, that everyone will love. Well, and especially if for the people that are that are afraid of medium rare, if you take, for instance, if you take goose breast from a conservation hunt, you've got a freezer full of these things, brown them and braise them, which means you're going to brown them in a little bit of oil. Throw them into a roasting pan with about maybe three quarters to an inch of liquid, and that can be beer, wine, broth, whatever. And then just let it simmer covered at low temp for about 300, 325 degrees. It's going to take several hours. Mm. Or you could, I mean, you could do the Instapot thing too if you want to speed things up, but that's going to break it up into something that's more like pulled pork. It's just shredded, braised. Then you add some flavor to that. Um, season it with some high mountain seasoning, um, put some barbecue sauce, whatever you want to put on it. And it's like pulled pork now. So you can put it on top of that street taco with a little radish, some avocado, cilantro, and it's still going to taste like goose. And it's kind of a cool way to serve these things, you know, because if they're street tacos, that's a smaller corn tortilla. Yeah. And you can eat more of them that way. <laughs> that's right. Now, do you prefer if, if you had your druthers? Would you grill everything over charcoal or propane? You know, I used to be strictly charcoal, real wood smoke. Yeah. But I use, I've got everything. I mean, I've got a pellet grill, a real wood grill, a smoker. <laughs> and and, and I, how, what I decide to use kind of depends on how much time I have. Yeah. You know, if, if I don't have a whole lot of time, it's going to go propane or pellet. But if it looks like I got a little extra time, there's nothing... I think nothing beats that real wood charcoal flavor. Yeah. 
Um, and you can get some of that in a pellet grill, but it's just not quite as pronounced. Mm-hmm. Now, is it a, like a misconception? You know, when people you, you you see on all these like Food Network and stuff and people are grilling, they're like, I like to get that good sear because it holds all the juices in, holds all the flavor. Is that actually true or is that just a myth? No, it just sounds really good. That, <laughs> it's been pretty well documented that, that if you... If you cook meat either high heat or low heat and you bring it to the same internal temperature, the moisture content at the center of that piece of meat is the same. So searing meat, I mean, let's say you sear a good piece of meat and you push down on it just a little bit with your pinky. Yeah. All that juice is coming out. You have not created some (laughs) impenetrable barrier that keeps the juice in. And you don't. The whole idea with the juice inside of a piece of meat is you want it to be redistributed. So... After you cook that, that's why we want to let that rest so that the juices can redistribute within that piece of meat. Because, of course, when you cut into it, all the juice goes to the coldest, the center part. So when you cut into it, all that juice geeches out and then people are freaked out because they think it's blood. So Mm -hmm. let it rest. Yeah. All right, Mr. Scott Layseth, he is the host of The Sporting Chef on Sportsman Channel. That is Sundays, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And remember, coming up, what you think, the end of the year, we're going to have this big announcement. I'll do it here first again. This will be this will be a rev deal. All right. He is also the executive producer of the Fishmonger Outdoor Channel Mondays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time uh, with uh, Mr. Tommy Gomes. Love that guy. This has been brought to you by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Mr. Scott, can you stick around for another part? Sure. All right. Don't go anywhere. We will return with Mr. Scott Laseth. But first, here's a word for Mrs. Bunny. Don't go anywhere. Mrs. Bunny's Wild Game Memorial Day Grilling Tips are brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com. Charcoal, divide and conquer. Indirect heat is usually best for larger cuts of meat like venison roast, and that's easy to attain on the grill. Simply push all of the coals to one side of the grill, and you'll have two temperature surfaces to work with. Sear the meat first on the hot side to get a nice crust, then move it over to the coolest side for the remainder of the grill time for a nice, even cook all the way through. Can I borrow your internet? JimandTrev.com. Everything outdoors is right there. Stay tuned. The revolution will return right after this. Savor the finer things in life. Hunting, fishing, and eating. Every adventure starts in the field and ends on the fork. Join epic outdoorsmen Steve Ranella, Daniel Vitalis, and Tommy Gomes as they hunt, fish, and forage around the world to create the perfect meal. I could eat the snot out of this thing all day long. The most mouth-watering night in Outdoor Channel history. Taste of the wild. Mondays beginning at 7 on Outdoor Channel. High Mountain Seasonings. Do yourself a flavor with over 200 different items. And look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. The revolution is on the air with the Memorial Day blowout. Now let's rejoin the boys and Scott Lasath, host of The Sporting Chef on Sportsman Channel, Sundays 1 p.m. Eastern, and executive producer of The Fishmonger on Outdoor Channel, Mondays 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at himtnjerky.com. This is part two. And we're back. We're talking Memorial Day blowout. Mr. Scott Layseth, he is returning for another part. He is the host of the Sporting Chef Sportsman Channel. That is Sundays, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, and the executive producer of the Fishmonger Outdoor Channel, Mondays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, alongside Mr. Tommy Gomes. Now, you got to tell us, what is going on with dead meat? That is one of the craziest shows. People can pick it up 
uh, on My Outdoor TV right now. What do you guys have planned? Are you filming another season? We are. We, you know, a few weeks ago we were in Puerto Rico shooting igu- iguanas. Oh, were you really? There's a lot of iguanas in Puerto Rico, and I'm telling you. And the flavor was best described as tough chicken thigh meets old fish. And doesn't that sound good? <laughs> Sounds like something Tyson would make. <laughs> and 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 you need to Google hagfish. Hagfish. Because that's where we're headed next month. We're, um, I'm going to be tagging sharks in Florida next month, and then we're going to head down to the central coast of California for hagfish. And for those people that are Googling that right now, oh, God. everybody just went, ooh. That almost looks like a... Uh... Yeah, I know what it looks like. <laughs> and, and why are we going after hagfish? Because it's dead meat. <laughs> and it's things that you haven't heard about, and I'm... I'm not looking forward to eating a large plate of hagfish, but it's kind of a Korean thing. Yeah. And so we've got a Korean guy that's going to prepare it for us, and and I'll tell you all about, all about hopefully it tastes better than it looks. Yeah, because it, it looks almost like eel-shaped, and I'm reading it produces uh, it, some type of slime. Yeah, um, yeah it's, and it is. It is really slimy, too. Yeah. yeah. Now, this guy's saying it's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody should have at least one bite of hagfish. It'll make you appreciate a piece of chicken. So this is going to be in the all new. <laughs> this is going to be in the all new season of Dead Meat, right? Yep, that'll start on uh, Sportsman Channel in November, the new season, and then uh, Dead Meat will also be on Outdoor Channel starting Q. Uh, actually, Q one this year and, la- and next year. So all three shows: Fishmonger, Sporting Chef, and Dead Meat will be on both channels starting next year. Now, when we in Dead Meat, it, it's really interesting because I mean, you're a gourmet chef, and but on Dead Meat, everyone else cooks for you because you like to experience the way they hunt it. You know, they harvest the way they prepare it. You are literally a guest at their table. Um, have you found that your palate differs a lot from the majority of people out there? Or for the most part, are people pretty good chefs? You know, most people are pretty good. And I, again, these are people that are cooking things that they would normally cook. I mean, the guy that cooks the armadillo cooks armadillo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, he's, you know, meat is meat. You know, uh, armadillo, you just have to worry about the leprosy thing. But, I mean, come on, who's worried about leprosy? (laughs) And and you just want to make sure that it's cooked all the way. But it tastes pretty much like pulled pork. Really? There are certainly exceptions. Yeah, and I'm expecting hagfish to be an exception because it just doesn't look like too many things that I've had to eat. And and really, a lot of the things that I try on the Dead Meat Show, I don't want to go back there and do it again. Yeah. but I'll let you know what it tastes like. I'm not going to tell you it's delicious if it sucks. I'm, I'm um, going to say I think it's going to taste like I what I would imagine whale would. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just... well, it, it kind of looks like that, or, or donkey, or whatever hangs low. It, oh my god! I know it sounds pretty delicious to people that are listening. They're going, man, I can try this hagfish. They're they're thinking, God, I don't want my kids to Google hagfish now. Um, now, when when people, you know, you've stressed so many times on the show, the quickest way, well, for one, the way you handle your game as soon as you harvest, well placed shot, take care of your meat right away. Um, do you find, though, because you said 
overcooking wild game is one of the worst things you can do. When people cook for you, do they have a tendency to overcook it or undercook it? Well, we normally talk. You know, we talk about how it is. Some things need to be cooked longer just because, Yeah. They, you know, safety-wise. But, I mean, for... Some you know the other stuff that can be safely prepared medium rare. I let them know I'm good with medium rare. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they like it, I don't. I don't really care how anybody else eats it. I'm not going to say the only way to eat duck is medium rare. I'm saying I think that's the best way. If you can't handle medium rare, then you cook it any way you want. But I think probably one of the worst things you could do with a duck is to cook it well done and then go hmm. Yeah. This is delicious. I think that's why a lot of people don't like their game is because it's been overcooked. Now, so like, let's say we go and grill ourselves uh, a deer steak or an elk steak or even a, you know, beef steak. When you pull it off and you cut that open and you see that, you know, pinkish, reddish, almost color juice come out, that's not necessarily blood, is it? No, that's myoglobin. Yeah. And it's just, it's just fat and juice it's not blood it just looks bloody Mm -hmm. because it's coming out of a red piece of meat so it looks bloody and that's where people get freaked out and i think people at a very early age learn to get freaked out by that because mom and dad were freaked out by that yeah and if you you know i've i've been able to take baby steps with people and say look i know you like medium well or well done (laughs) I want you to try a piece of medium. And they go, oh, that's really tender. What'd you do? I said, well, I didn't cook the snot out of it. (laughs) And so eventually you can get them to medium rare to about 131, 35 internal temperature. Yeah. And again, I'm not being critical. I just want you to try it this other way, just so you're not prejudging that, that meat that might be less cooked than what you're used to. Now, when you go to grill a chunk of meat, because once again, it is Memorial Day week and a lot of people are going to be firing up the barbecues. Is it best to have that meat at room temperature or is that just another wives tale? That used to be the conventional wisdom. You leave it out for 30 minutes, let it warm up a little bit. That way the meat relaxes. You slap it on the grill. It has since been proven that, I mean, you can take a frozen steak and put it on a grill and just don't go as high a heat with it. And what if you take that frozen steak, actually what's going to be good about it is you can get it good and charred on the outside and still keep it rare in the center. Ooh. Same thing with the burger. But what you want to make sure when you're grilling um, this weekend or any weekend is your grill is really hot. It's really well oiled. Um, whatever, if you've, if you've got a piece of meat that you're putting on there, I like to make sure that that meat is really super, super dry of meat juices mm-hmm. and then I'll rub it with a little bit of olive oil, some high mountain seasoning and slap it on the grill and that olive oil will help it burn. But if it's too wet, if you haven't aged your deer steak, um, you haven't done whatever you can to draw some of that juice out of there, it's not going to brown quite so readily. It's just going to sit on the grill and steam in its own sweaty juices. <laughs> so um, keep it dry, rub it with a little olive oil. You know, when we were in South Africa, everything we ate 
was on a screaming hot smoky grill yeah soaked in olive oil garlic salt and pepper for 24 hours and it was all incredibly delicious let's hope the hagfish turns out that way <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm gonna wrap it in jalapeno bacon cream cheese butter um <laughs> prosciutto and then i'm gonna boil it for an hour and see what happens and its own haughty sweat juices all right mr scott lace the host of the sporting chef Big announcement once again coming later this year, but that's Sportsman Channel Sundays, 1 p.m. Eastern time. He is also the host of Dead Meat. Uh, new season's going to be kicking off as well. Uh, and then the executive producer of The Fishmonger Outdoor Channel Monday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, alongside Mr. Tommy Gomes. What an awesome show, though, and a huge success uh, The Fishmonger's been. Fishmonger is very cool. You know, Tommy Gomes came to me last year and said, hey, would you, could you moderate a roundtable with me and some boat captains about what's going on out there? I said, nobody's going to see it. Yeah. Let me, let me talk to Outdoor Channel. And Outdoor Channel had the good sense to say, this sounds like a great show. We're going to be heading to Boston, Louisiana, Seattle, Florida, South Carolina. We're, we've got a busy year ahead of us for the next season of Fishmonger. Oh, holy cow. All right, so Mr. Scott, to learn more about you, everything you have going on, you are, oh my God, tremendously busy, buddy. Where can we find you online? Go to sportingchef.com. There's recipes there that'll tell you where our, you can find our podcast and all the other crap that we're doing. So <laughs> go to sportingchef.com. That'll take you to the to the TV stations and all the other stuff stuff and and we're we're flattered that you would choose to come and get a recipe from us we like that that's right and this has been brought to you by high mount seasonings you can see scott use high mount seasonings all the time visit them h-i-m-t-n jerky to spice up your wild game cuisine coming up next we have the kansas cat man mr cat daddy mr scott though man we love you god bless you and happy memorial day buddy right back at you thanks man Versus Grill. Oh, delicious wild game. I can't get enough. Wild game. I can't get enough. Stay tuned. The revolution with Jim and Trav will continue in a few moments. Hit up JimandTrav.com for lots of cool extras from the show. The revolution is on the air and always online at JimandTrav.com. This is so exciting. Now, here's our catfishing guru, the proprietor of the bean hole, and a man with over 250 pairs of overalls, Cat Daddy. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaMotorsports.com. Here are the boys. All right, so we are just now being joined by Cat Daddy, the Kansas Cat Man. Mr. Cat Daddy, you have Cat Daddy's Catfishing Adventures, and you are so amazing. How's it going, buddy? Listen, I took some guys out the other day. They was worried about the sun beating down on them, not having a very good bite because the water's too hot. I I told them, man, they're just starting to roll over and like it, boy. I tell you what, all we got to do is find a good, sharp, straight-edge bank on the river. And we're going to find catfish all along the edges of that bank cut right there. And sure enough, we pulled up and started throwing some old dip out there. It was on, boy. We we caught 27 channel cat and one blue cat. Well, you know what I was going to say, man? You know what this is? This is beanhole weather. <laughs> yeah, it's here really. 
But they ain't going to get no beans until July. Oh, gosh. Got to save the beans for July. <laughs> the Big Bang. So you're using like punch baits, dip baits, stuff like that, because you really need that intense heat, that warm weather for those baits to um, react accordingly, right? Oh, man. You know, as soon as that stuff hits the water, it automatically puts the scent out. And, and, and you know, between Buck's Cachelera bait out of Lafine, Kansas, and Sonny Hoopman's bait out of Ohio, hey, you can't beat it. You just cannot beat it. That's right. Now, Mr. Kata, if we want to get out on the river, the lake, whatever you're doing, and have the experience of fishing with you, man, do you have anything available? Maybe like a uh, uh, two-day, one-night, or however you want to say that, three-day, five-night. I can't. I get mixed up. <laughs> do you have anything available? We, we can squeeze in on a couple two-day, one-nights, and three-day, two-nights. And, and uh, 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 you know, I fillet all your fish for you, sack it up, and provide all the gear, and I got some good stories, man. That's right. Once again, we were sitting around talking all things catfishing with Mr. Cat Daddy of a Cat Daddy's Catfishing Adventures. Mr. Cat Daddy, we love you. Thank you for coming on, buddy. It's always a pleasure, boys, and you have a good one. Stay right there. The Revolution with Jim and Trav will return right after these messages. It's time to reimagine the off-road experience because Yamaha has reimagined the side-by-side. Available in either two- or four-seat models, the Wolverine R-Max 1000 lineup sets a new benchmark in the off-road world. Featuring a 999cc parallel twin engine, aggressive tires, and an automotive-style cabin. And select models include high-performance Fox IQS in-cab adjustable suspension, all-new D-Mode to optimize power delivery, an integrated Yamaha Adventure Pro navigation system, and much more. Visit YamahaMotorsports.com to learn more about the Wolverine R-Max 1000. It's time to get out there and realize your adventure with Yamaha. Professional driver on closed course. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. Vehicle specifications subject to change. How would you like to save up to $500 on your next vacation package? Any vacation package anywhere in the world. Just call Superior Travel and mention the code RADIO and save up to $500. We'll design a custom, fantastic vacation just for you. With all the bells and whistles. Not some cookie-cutter vacation, but a unique, all-included vacation customized by one of our exclusive travel experts. And our service is completely free. You pay nothing more. So why waste your time? Let us do it for you. We've got over 100 years of travel experience to help create the perfect trip for you. Call now and learn how to save up to $500 on your next custom vacation. Pick up the phone, call Superior Travel, and use the code word RADIO. 800-570-9631. 800-570-9631. That's 800-570-9631. Great show, everyone. We just gotta get out of here. Man, this is it. Oh, no. This sounds serious and real. This concludes the revolution with Jim and Trav this week. What the hell are you still doing here? Don't forget to drop the boys some feedback and stay in touch at JimandTrav.com. Man, what a great show to kick off and celebrate Memorial Day weekend. I'll be joined by Lee and Tiffany Lakoski, Scott Laysath, Cat Daddy, Mrs. Bunny and her tips. This weekend, though, boys and girls, make sure you stay safe, drink lots of water, use sunscreen, and exercise 
caution. That's what you have to do. Uh, mainly, though, hammer home firearm safety. It is imperative. And give thanks to those that gave their all. All right, we will return next week. Peace out. God bless you in the United States of America. We love you so much. Happy Memorial Day. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.